0: This is Aikido Disgust, your regular.
1: <laughs> Go, keep going. You're going to do it. Damn it. It was so bold and interesting. It was it so, so perfect. Funny. I know. I'm happens? sorry.
0: I looked at you and then you laughed. This is
1: Aikido Disgust, your regular weekly Aikido podcast. We talk about everything that is the martial art of Aikido. I'm Chris Fry, head instructor at Aikido Fresno. <laughs> and with me is Joshua Tehe,
2: assistant instructor at Aikido Fresno
0: and Maya Solana McDaniel first Q and student at IQ to First Only hour. one
2: who was able to keep it together here was good job. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that would it was going to be so great. It still is great, but
0: the uh, 100 100% for 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 boldness yeah, but man. 0% for, for execution.
2: Yeah. <laughs> just a little bit I was like so wanting it but <laughs>
0: <laughs> Right before we pressed record Chris was like all right you're going to introduce it Meaning,
1: meaning he, he meaning the the meant pod, the topic, the topic of but the I was day. like, Okay. I'll I'll the, yeah. the the I'll introduce all the fine with me. You hadn't hecked it all up.
2: <laughs> hey guys, carpet. here we are. Yeah. 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 So speaking of the introducing the topic,
0: I hear I we're wow. tossing it to we're, you now. We're going right in. Yeah, why not? Um so, uh, what made me think of this is uh, Josh and I have been doing some Sunday training, unfortunately without Chris because his knees still hurt. But um, we have been doing some shinai, sp- like general sword sparring. You know, no particular system, but using the shinai to do it. And then we also added some historical Europe- European martial arts saber. Some saber in there. fencing. Um, and it was really interesting for me just to see the difference between a two-handed sword and a one-handed sword, and how different they are. Um, and so I thought it might be fun to delve into swords a little bit today, um, and talk a bit about, you know, what, cause, so I guess not all Aikido schools, but a lot of Aikido schools train with the Boken and that is supposed to represent, um, or maybe it isn't, I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's a good uh, question. Japanese sword, a katana. And so, um, that is at least a sword adjacent, sword. um. So I'd be interested to kind of just delve into that a little yeah. bit and and talk about what we know about swords or what the, what they're doing. Why do we have that? It's
2: interesting because um, the I think that like when we talk about swords and we see swords now, it's all like dueling stuff. You know, it's all about dueling, and I'm not a hundred percent convinced that um, like the Bokan the that the the Aikido uh, system of Bokan is at all wanting to do with fencing.
1: Am I wrong about that? I mean, would you I I, I don't think you're wrong about that. I think there's a, I think there's an interesting amalgam of stuff to unload in there because um the all the T so Aikido sword work is so broken up from whatever it was it originally came from that it's hard to tell and so different aikido teachers certainly were more interested in dueling stuff because certain aikido teachers were interested more in dueling um but i would argue that the the idea of it is much more akin to battlefield sword stuff than uh, a duel like a specific duel but um that said the sword is a dueling weapon or a backup battlefield weapon and there's a lot to impact uh, okay in that as well. okay
2: well so my question so uh that's interesting so you're saying that the katana as it's uh designed would be a dueling weapon
1: i'm saying the katana as it was designed was a backup battlefield ba- weapon. okay now after the portuguese came over to japan and showed the japanese that they were awesome at dueling then the japanese thought oh dueling's awesome and right. thus uh, you know the Japanese right. revolution of dueling,
2: and then we see all the the samurai movie duels, and right? Stuff, all that stuff, like, yeah, yeah. And so the main weapon then would have been uh, spear. Uh, so the, air, bow and yeah, the bow arrow. and arrow archery G- is is
1: G- the G- yumi is the 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 long standing weapon of the the samurai, and so like you know. Now there's this thing that's like, oh, the soul of the the samurai is his sword, but that's relatively modern. I mean, in the last few hundred years. Whereas- it's kind
0: of like a historical retelling that we've done, yeah. Where kinda, it's like, you kinda. know, we are have like cowboy ized the the samurai yeah, into like, you know,
1: yeah. I mean, the Japanese. Cowboy eyes themselves. You know, so, so look, I, I'm talking a little above my pay grade because I've really only been reading about this stuff and learning about this since 2015. So about the last five years have I really been interested in all this, how all this unfolded. But essentially what happened was the Japanese samurai – was uh uh there were a bunch of guys who were trying to take over land in japan a bunch of feudal shits going on and people are trying to become land barons essentially right and they have these tough dudes who are their their they strong they're arms muscles. they're yeah, yeah they're muscle but, yeah, they're, yeah they're enforcers yeah and basically what these dudes would do is they'd ride around on horses and they would shoot people down with a bow and arrow and and that's what they did you know and and then their their skill increased from that where they were able to lead armies and all kinds of stuff happened right but Basically what would happen in battles, like if there were two samurai who were gonna battle, they would sit really far apart from each other, and they would shoot each other with bow and arrow until they killed someone or they ran out of arrows. And then they would charge each other on horse, and they would try and cut each other up with their naginata or their yari or whatever. And then eventually, maybe they would end up, you know, like wrestling and knocking each other off their horses and shit, or and like then trying they
2: would to go to the sword. Or exactly right. Yeah. Or
1: yeah. Yeah. tonto they or would yeah. Go down the exactly list right. Exactly yeah. right. The shorter so the weapon got. Yes, of and course, then, right. and and that's because distance, unlike what we think in the modern day, distance is your. Butt like and, and it's yeah. always been understood as that but that's why spears are the king of the battlefield it's the longest pole you can hold right to stab someone you know so anyway so so that's basically what happened that was that way for a long time and, and basically as far as i can tell when that changed was when the portuguese soldiers started coming into japan right and this is like 15th century 14th century probably um and they started coming in and doing trade with japan and um what happened was the, the Portuguese soldiers who were Portuguese, so i.e. they were European, and so they came from a culture of sword, sword dueling, right? right? Sword, like. Yeah. Sword dueling in Europe's been huge forever, right? So like the Spanish do it, the Germans do it, the Italians do it, the poor everybody does right. it, right? The English do it. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, own. all they all fight with swords a lot. And dueling is like this bravado-y thing. And that's that's different than battlefield stuff, right? And it's not that people didn't fight on the battlefield with swords, but people preferred to fight with like halberds and spears right. Right. and arrows and Axe, shit like that. Horses. And, yeah, exactly and, yeah. right. Like that's the kind of shit they prefer, right? Um, archery, you know? But... There was a culture of bravado that was based around the sword, and that probably came from the knights having competitions damn, of swords. Goddamn westerners! Yeah, well, I mean, but but it's just bravado. <laughs> yeah, shit. no, you know, yeah, it's just right. like yeah, we're it's the same thing yeah. we do now. Exactly yeah. right, same shit. Okay, so the Portuguese were badass at this because they, they did it with all the other Europeans, and right? Also,
2: probably had better design. Okay, weapons they also had it.
1: rapiers, right? Which which that that's something we should get into later in this discussion. But they had rapiers, so they basically came on, and, and you can read the different accounts. But basically, what happened was the Portuguese soldiers would pick fights or have fights picked on them, and then they would decisively kill Japanese people with the rapiers in duels. And the Japanese decided, fuck that. Right? And so they said... So
0: the Japanese were fighting with these Portuguese people with, with a, their, a katana with, with their against katana, a rapier. But just failing miserably?
1: Failing miserably. Got yes. it. And so, and that's also why the Japanese outlawed the Portuguese from coming in to mainland Japan. Huh. Now, and there's a lot so of people. So there's like
0: separate incidences of these people. Just oh, yeah, this happened a lot. it's happened over.
1: a lot, a lot, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, and, and there's documents for all this stuff. Like, it happened a lot. And so basically, what happened was the Japanese said, Oh, you Portuguese are too barbarian. And so, we do want your shit. And a lot of people said, oh, Japanese closed their ports. That never happened. The Japanese said, Portuguese can only go to these islands. I think it was actually one island. You can go to your island, drop off your shit, and we'll ferry, we'll ferry it back it to back. mainland Japan. You deal with us. But you but guys, yeah, here. you stay over there. So,
0: they made distance?
1: Right, you got it. It's exactly what they did. They made distance because they're smart. Um, anyway, so so that, though, spurred the Japanese on to say, like, oh, we need to get good at dueling. And dueling's cool. And, you know, you can also see, like, um, changes in Japanese. Japanese. Japanese-style armor, changes Japanese-style weapons, because this this was like um, uh, very influential to them. You know, the Japanese are quick to adopt new good stuff. Oh, yeah, you know, like, love it. Japanese yeah. make badass whiskey because they discovered whiskey and they're like, oh, whiskey's good. Right. We're going to make really right. good whiskey, right? So, so cars, they did that. And TV. Right, 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 right. And I mean, one of the problems with this is, you know, like, and then people say, well, then why don't the Japanese have a sword like the European rapier then? Because they realize, this. well, the problem is the, the steel was so poor in Japan and cost so right. much, they couldn't. they couldn't make those swords. So a Japanese sword is a badass sword for something made out of crappy materials, right? Sure. And you could say, "Oh, tomahogany steel is great. Tamahagani steel is crystallized crap." And and what <laughs> what they do, what they do is they pound the shit out of it until they find the best pieces of crap right. possible. <laughs> right. And then they do this really elaborate, intricate, time-intensive process to make an okay piece of steel right, that can right. be used for a sword, right? That doesn't just shatter and right. they, they they can hold out an All edge. the good parts, it, but
2: they have to get rid of a lot of bad yes, stuff, yes, right? And yes. so that's why it takes so long. Yes. And And the Japanese process
1: of making steel back in the day never became like Europe. Europe mastered steel making early on. The Vikings were making steel, right? And like Vikings probably had better steel than That's the Japanese the, ever had, the right? the
2: Europeans didn't care if they shattered a sword. Didn't give a shit. That's why the sword fighting style is different, right? get another one. Right?
1: Totally, and the right. Japanese couldn't afford that kind of stuff. So so they couldn't make that kind of sword. So
0: this is not a diss on their sword making oh. ability. Japanese
1: are badass at making swords. With out of what they have. shit, had. Right? right? Out of shape. And like, yeah, it's hard to do that. That's why a Japanese swordsman is a badass is because a ma- it takes yeah. sub sub substandard right. material and make something good out of it, like Got impressive. It. You still it. can't make a rapier.
2: Right. But it's interesting because that's one of the things, you know, when we talk, when we're doing like Bokan, stuff with the boucan. there's a very specific way that we talk about the way that we'll block with it, the way that we'll... Um like parry shots and it's different than like you were saying it's different than the europeans would do because we're really protective of that blade that's right um in a way that the europeans weren't right? That's right and so like if you're thinking of like your sword fighting based on what you know of the bokken that's something to keep in mind which is like if you're fighting with a different kind of sword who cares if you get if the blade gets nicked or gets right. the way know. that
0: you see people sword fight um I'm not saying Japanese sword fight, but just regular sword fight in movies when they crash their blades together would be would would that like just totally trash and shatter a a katana? Yes, of course. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like (laughs) it would trash any sword. Right. The Europeans would throw it away and get another one, you know, or (laughs) pound that piece of steel into a new piece of steel and it would be not so hard. Like, you know, and I'm not I'm not saying that swords were ever cheap back in the day. They were expensive everywhere, but they were expensive uh, they were affordable for rich people and and people who needed them in Europe. In Japan, it was like this. Really, it had to be handed down from your right, ancestor because right. it was a ridiculous process.
2: And that's what uh, you were talking about. You know, uh, looking through old like books yeah. where they have pictures and things of old swords, and you can see um, Japanese swords that are old and look brand new, well taken care of. Yes, not so much the yes. case with. Yes. Uh, and European and also swords, the you know. the
1: amount of change that happens. So if you look at a Japanese sword from the 12th century. All the way through, you know, say, 19th century, right? There's, you know, I mean, they're still making swords today, but the, the design is very, very minor changes. Very minor changes. You look at a European sword from the 12th century Compared, through right, to, right, to right. the 19th century. Oh, my God. We went through so many variations. And the reason is basically because... We need a better tool to do this. Then we make a better tool. That's it. Okay. That's it's that simple. We made a better tool, to make a better changing,
2: tool. And armor was changing, and so the yes. swords had to yes. change, and yes. the armor yes. responded. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Got it. And so when we're looking at, like, the Bokan, and I think this is something that's really interesting and important to realize is, like, it is a specific type of fight. I mean, A, it's a duel, which is a specific thing, but B, there's a specific way that we're going to use that sword that is different than... Other sword fighting, yes. Um, other sword fighting, yes. other ways of sword fighting and stuff.
1: A, a, a katana is a horrible, horrible, horrible dueling weapon. Um, and I know that breaks a lot of people's hearts because you know, if you were raised on 1980s yeah, culture samurai and ninja movies, then the Japanese sword's the, it's greatest, the greatest, it's greatest it's ever going to be. Look, through, the truth uh, is, a European saber is essentially the same design with better hand protection, uh, lighter weight, better balanced. Um, with uh, a superior method of use, meaning single-handed use sword is superior to dual-handed use source with better steel. And so like, if you look at what a saber is, a, a European style saber compared to a, a katana, they are very similar types of blades, except every superiority goes to to the saber saber, and then if you want to talk specifically about dueling like saber and for many reasons the saber is still a battlefield weapon and there's that's that's why it's curved and all kinds of things like that if you want to talk about a superior dueling weapon the rapier is the world's greatest sword for dueling now that doesn't mean the greatest sword period that means the greatest sword for dueling
0: yeah so this is what i was experiencing this is what brought this up for me is uh i think it was last week was the first week that we did it but Um, Josh was like, hey, in addition to Shani sparring, why don't we pull back or pull our sabers out and, and, you know, do some more sparring with that as well, right kind of next to each other. And so we did a few rounds with one, and then we transferred to the the saber. And it was a world of difference. Like, there was a lot of moments for us, like and this is just illustrating that point of why, you know, one hand is better than two hands, that, like, um, there were so many targets that were available or, you know, primarily that... Other side, your you know second hand um, with the shenai that was just not available with the sa- the saber. Right. I felt like like distance wise technically we were at the same ish distance like the length of our swords didn't change too much right but i felt like i could not hit josh because there was nothing available to me because his whole side of his body was completely bladed yes like there's no there was nothing available to me it's superior way
1: to fence it
0: just it's it totally changed the game and we both felt kind of new again even though it was something we had done in the past it was like you know, reprogramming our minds to a new kind of sword, you know. It's so also it's
2: interesting, like, because uh, me and Chris did the same, we've done the similar kind of, uh, like, sparring stuff. And when we first started uh, sparring with the saber, and uh, before we really, like, no training, really, about how to do it. We just sort of, here's, like, whatever. Any time that we got within grapple distance, we would move in with that offhand hand. The way that you would do in Aikido, the way you would do in um, with a bo um, and it kept getting clicked. Yep. It kept getting hit yep. every single time um, because it, when you move in, it becomes it quickly becomes a target, right? Yep. Um, and so quickly you realized, yeah, there's a reason that they keep that hand behind them. That's it's right. because it bec- it becomes a target. So wh- the the way the method that you do your entries if you are going to overcome and, and try to come into a grapple is different yes. with the two-handed weapon than with the one-handed weapon. And I think it's more difficult uh, than yes. with, with a one-handed weapon than with the two-handed weapon.
0: It was yeah. also much easier immediately to hit with opposition. So so for me to hit Josh in such a way that he couldn't hit me back.
1: Yeah, that's what opposition um, means.
0: Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, with the, with the Shania, I feel like I'm still trying to figure out like the perfect angle to hit him to where he can't hit me back immediately after. And like, that's, I'm still, it's hard. It's really hard. And with the saber immediately, like we were, you know, making good hits. I mean, also some really bad ones, but you know, good ones where like, I would, you know, perfectly hit him and then he just was not able to hit me back. Um, And it's, you know, having all your body on one side of the sword versus being more square and having to really make a huge effort to hide your body behind your sword. It's like, it's no comparison. Yes. So.
1: Yeah. It's funny, and I I, I don't think this is at all immediately obvious, but when you have two hands on a sword, so like you would for a samurai sword, a katana, or like you would for a long sword or any sword that requires two hands you have less reach than you do when you have one hand on a sword. And the reason for that is because your body is half a body width smaller. So you can find this out, you know, like um, uh, measure from from the middle of your body. Like so stand with two hands on a sword and reach forward and see how far you can reach. And then let go with one hand and reach and you will see that you immediately go, you know, 10 inches further with 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 one-handed so you have way more reach and not only do you gain that attack advantage which is a reach advantage you also gain a defense advantage because one half of your body is now back Mm -hmm. it's further back than it was before when you're when using a two-handed weapon both halves of your body are closer than than they are so you have half as much to protect because only one half of your body is forward the other half is too far back. back yeah so a lot of times when that happens, I, and like you say, it's opposition. Like opposition rules are about the same, but the distancing rules are not. Right. Got and it. so, because right. the distance is so much further, you can you can get away with hitting them with not, them not hitting you back easier. It's
2: really interesting. So I was watching a video, uh, and they it was like a, it was essentially that two handed sword versus one handed, um, and uh, and it might have been like a long sword versus a rapier. I can't remember whatever. It might have been a, a shenai versus something else, but. Um, what was interesting is the times when the guy with the two-handed sword made a hit, almost invariably he let go with the backhand and reached out with the hand. Huh. Almost every time that was the case. Interesting. Um, you know, in order to get that strike. And that's it makes perfect sense. And I was watching it. It was like, oh, yes. What's, what is interesting, though, is like he is – you can do that, but that's not how the weapon was intended to be used.
1: Right. You know, right. so
2: to me it's like is is that is that good form for that weapon? Sure. So like you know, you know
1: in kendo there's a, a waza for it. it's katate waza uh-huh. where it's like a one-handed and that's, series, that's, yeah, right? yeah, you can you see that. It certainly yeah, exists. Yeah. Do you have as much control over the weapon is the weapon designed to do that as efficiently as a sword that's right. designed for one hand. Right. No. no, and that's why a rapier's superior, you know? And so like I've I've had this argument with several people and they're like, "Oh, well I know a guy with a Japanese sword blah 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 blah." And it's like, "Look, okay, so he, maybe he's a unique individual who's awesome. I guarantee if you took that guy and you gave him equal amount of time with a rapier, he, he would be, be way, way better with the rapier way, way because it's a better weapon. You have more defense potential, more attack potential, everything's better about it." Yeah
0: interesting is this something that the that this the japanese experienced after so after the the portuguese left and they they went oh shit we should get good at dueling did they ever have a second chance at, at at dueling with Europeans?
1: I mean, it's not, you know, I'm sure little battles happen. I don't know, like, how much of it. It was definitely minimized because that's why the Japanese government said, no, you guys got to go to this island because they didn't want it happening anymore. And so then, sure, the Japanese now had the seed of we need to get good at dueling, but they were dueling other people with the same kind of sword as them. Right. That's what I'm saying is, like, I'm sure that they were
0: internally, like, a lot of people were started dueling much more with samurai swords against each other. But, like, what I'm saying is, like, historically, did we have another large example where – they were dueling uh, Europeans rather than just right. Other Probably Japanese
1: not people. until like you know um, the 19th century or something when um, uh, Japan Japan essentially opened its borders. I'm putting that in quotes right. because it's like they let foreigners come to the mainland, uh-huh. and then and then there there are some books. I have a book actually that's like um, it's a it's a I think he's a Spanish guy. He might be an English guy who um, goes to Japan. He's talking about what he thinks of Japanese swordsmen mm-hmm. and swordsmanship and stuff. Um, and so there are some accounts of that. Cool. Um,
0: that's interesting, yeah. I'd be interested to read that, just because there was such a prominent example with the Portuguese, so I was wondering if it right, was like a, right, you know. Right. So, uh,
2: and I think you, you would, were talking about this uh, one time before when we were talking about this, where, uh, so once they were in the duel, the Japanese were, uh, you know, at a disadvantage, let's say, but they got really good at drawing, right? And they got re- really good at being able to cut off of that draw and get that first, and, yeah. and kendo, that's what it's all about. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah I do, But kendo, sorry, kendo is all about that first strike.
1: Yeah, you know yeah, saying? yeah. I see what you're so, saying. Like, like there's they, similar they idea. Put an
2: emphasis on being able to get that first, that so, first strike before.
1: I don't know, and I'm, I'm just shooting from the hip here because I, I, I haven't read anyone talking about this. Um, but uh, my theory would be that it's not that they got good at that point, but they were probably always good from that point because the Japanese viewed the katana as a backup weapon. Oh, sure. So meaning my naginata right, gets knocked right. out of my fucking that hand, how right. fast do I draw my sword? And so everything was decided by that quick draw. Sure. And so we didn't have a prolonged sword fight. Right, right. And you know if you've never fought with a sword or a stick, you know it's hard to hit someone without them hitting you back. It's a really really hard thing to do. And so the idea was just you knock this weapon out of my hand, I'm gonna cut you so fast that you're right. fucked, you know? And so that's that's the that's the mentality. So what that European guy said in that book that I was talking about, he said, you know, he did not think they were very good swordsmen. Um, He didn't think their swords are very good, but he did think that you needed to be very alert of distance around them because they could draw the sword so fast that they would cut you in half before you had a chance to do anything. And so, like, you know, if if you were in an angry dispute with a samurai, you would not get close to him at all because he would cut you in half, you know?
0: That's uh, that's really interesting because that demonstrates the, like, I think time and time again in this conversation we've t- we've noticed that like despite some disadvantages you can overcome with other skills. You know what I mean? So of like despite shitty steel the Japanese made the, made the best swords yes, they could make, absolutely. you know? And you know, despite a uh, uh, inferior sword fighting weapon, the Japanese were really dangerous because they were so good at sword drawing, you that's know. Right. And so like I think that that's important to think about that like like you know, it's not that their swords were better, but the swordsmen we're very good at, at this specific thing, right. or, you know what I mean? Or, or managing, exactly right. the, you know what I mean? Like, exactly I think right. it's important to, to, to actually really piece that out and go, what were they good at? You know, the swords were shitty, but this was good, you know, back and forth, right. you know what I mean? Right. Like, right.
1: You know, if you want to hold up a standard, if you want to say, you know, uh one on one dueling with swords is our objective. Then you can you can easily say, this is shit, this is great. Right? Right? But if you wanna say all sword fighting, it's like, well then you gotta kinda hash out what that means. Because if you're looking at the sword as a backup weapon, which is what it is, because if you look at just sword fighting, it's like, well, who really chooses to sword? It's
2: not like it's so funny because if if you look at like movies and stuff, it's like um, you know, two two guys on two armies on the other side of each other and they run together and then they clash up, you know? Right. And exactly. it's like, was that really ever happening? Like, you know, where they are just, they all have swords and they're shields and swords and they're going at it, you know? I was, um,
1: uh, I mean, this is a good case in point. I was at a <clears throat> a shooting clinic and um, I was uh, hanging out with this guy who was a Coast Guard and like, He was their, uh, I don't know if they call them Fast Raiders or what they call them, but basically kind of Coast Guard Special Forces, whatever that means. But basically um, when they had cocaine deals or whenever they had to to board a, 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 a boat and get on there and see what the heck's going on, he was one of those guys, right? So like he was really used to like moving in close quarters with weapons and all this stuff, you know? And so we were talking and I was like, oh, so is that where you got the majority of your pistol training? He said, oh, no, no, no. I didn't get good at pistol until after I was out of the service. And I was like, I was like, why? And he's like... Well, because I don't use my pistol. Like I draw it out and shoot one time if if my gun went down. But like, you know, to get it out of my holster and start putting bullets down until I can get to cover and then reload my main weapon is what I use it for. And so it's like that's the the mentality of someone in war is like I'm going to use the best tool for war. And sword has never been the best tool for war.
0: Right, just like a handgun. Like exactly, that's your, right. A
1: handgun is not a good tool for war. It's a piece of shit. for right. war.
0: It's a secondary or tertiary right, weapon. Right,
1: For home defense, it's an okay weapon. For carrying around every day, it's your primary weapon. You know what I mean?
2: Right, right. Yeah. And so then it makes sense in a way that, like, um, if you're looking at the weapons of Aikido, the weapons, it kind of makes sense, the weapons that, that we look at, you know. So we have the sword and then the, the Joe and depending on how you view that in terms of what it is and then the tanto so you have like your
1: they're what's going to happen in a self-defense situation
0: right longer mid-size right if
1: i'm going to war i'm not training in aikido that's not not.
0: well that's the other thing that i was gonna touch on is we've talked a lot about the like japanese sword but like what is the connection between and I know this is complicated but this is the point just to get into it um what's the, the relationship between the katana a Japanese sword and a boken like what you know for aikido especially like are those one-to-one is that you know like I guess what I'm asking is like when did the boken come on scene as like a practice weapon? Like, did Ueshiba use a boken And did he teach, you know, that kind of weapon stuff? Or was it one of his students? You know what I mean? So like, Japan,
1: Japanese boken. boken came on the scene uh, really probably when people started looking at dueling with... Um, sword. So I, I don't know the date. Uh, you know, I'm just going to throw out, but I would guess somewhere 14th century or something is when bokin started showing up. I have no idea what the date is on it, but but they came around because they were a practice weapon for practicing right. dueling right. with a sword. Like, so like in,
2: and it would make sense that like they would be mad out of wood because like in Europe they had gymnasium swords, which were just right, right, You right, know right. swords that, that that were you know practice yeah. swords. practice swords, but they were steel. Um, if you didn't have that. In Japan, right? And you knew right. that you couldn't, then what would right. you do? Well, that we have trees, you exactly know? right. Yeah, yeah,
1: and so, so that's what it was for. It was for, for practicing dueling stuff, you know. <laughs> um, and then I, I, I think, I mean, I definitely know by the time of Masashi, which is like 1600s, that 1500s, that like, um, uh, they. You could have a duel with someone, and it could be with a bokken, or it could be with steel. You know, we could say, we could preface what we oh, wanted. Okay. You know, like, like hey, I don't so really, So it I really was hate like you. a dueling weapon at, sure. at some point. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was used for duels also. So that's what its <laughs> purpose was. And so it was always a training weapon, right? Likewise. And, you know, there's definitely schools, you know, so I'm, I'm being super general here. So you could be listening to this and definitely go, well, actually, this roux actually, well, actually. never used bokken. And that's totally true because, you know, like anything else is a generalization. <laughs> Yeah. But, but you know, they were used as a training weapon, and they were used as a dueling weapon. Um, and that went through time. And so, of course, part of most martial arts schools that taught anything around sword would use bokin to train with. Right. So that's, of course, how it came to be part of Aikido as well. So it's like, well, that's a training weapon for sword.
0: Uh-huh. Did, so did Ueshiba teach sword stuff?
1: This is a sticky, sticky, sticky topic um, because... Um, Some people say he did. Saito-sensei is one of the people who say he did. Uh Some people will say, I never saw the weapons taught in the dojo. So I would guess my inference from that is at different times in Ueshiba's life, he taught that. So it would be like if you said, did Chris Hine teach pistol? And some people have trained with me and go, he never (laughs) taught pistol. And some people would say, he taught pistol every class. You know what I mean? It's funny
2: though. Like, So we know that – like, I mean I guess maybe he didn't have to. But there are definitely – video demonstrations of him doing uh e- either sort stuff but i like joe stuff or there like are tons the, of pictures the rifle yes. you know the yes. bayonet yes you can um, find
1: pictures and film of him doing bayonet stuff joe stuff spear stuff sword stuff
2: so you know obvi- maybe he didn't teach it but he obviously did it and obviously he was very he interested, it. Very, very interested in it very very students because they all yes. Yes, so,
1: And then there's arguments we can get into what schools he studied. You know, there's say, all yeah. kinds of stuff. like. So,
0: so it's, it's unclear where he got his sword stuff from. Yes,
1: and some people say he just made it up, and I don't think that's a bad assessment either. And, I mean, also, he's a professional martial artist, right. so, like, so, obvi- that's what martial he, right. artists do. They make up martial right. arts, so.
2: Right. And if he, yeah, he, if, yeah, he was doing martial arts stuff, there's also probably an assumption that he could have been in dueling situations. And, and as a martial art guy at that time you probably just understood that yeah well i gotta learn to use the sword because that's right here's some stuff i might do with it yeah yeah Yeah.
0: so then a lot of his or some of his students the ones of lineages that now do weapons are are did them because they were interested in them like because they were like oh i've done other sword stuff and i want to do that with aikido so i'm going to kind of Teach that as a part of my aikido.
1: Yeah, I mean, it depends really specifically on the the lineage, and right. um, I'm gonna, I'm going to give Michael Varen a, a credit for this because I, he's the first person I've ever heard say this, and I think it's spot on. Uh, he, he, you know, cite sensei. Uh, if you're in the Iwama lineage, you will say, um, unless you know you're you're much more politically correct than most people in the Iwama lineage, you will say that uh, Iwama weapons are the only weapons in aikido, <laughs> and, and the reason you say that is simply because those weapons reportedly came from O-sensei. Right.
0: -hmm. right? And Saito said, he taught me.
1: That's right. And Saito said, we spent a lot of time working with weapons, and this is the weapon work. You know, he organized it. Saito-sensei says that Saito-sensei organized it, but that's all the stuff that he learned from Ueshiba. Yeah, so he
2: took it in whatever form the old man gave it to him, and he put it into a system. Right, that was codified. Correct, right?
1: exactly yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and so that's why Iwama people say Iwama weapons are the only weapons. A lot of other schools have strong influences from other styles of Japanese martial arts. Uh huh. Right, and so so that's a a very common. Um, thing that you know you studied, you know Shinto to you, or you studied some other school, and you've kind of blended your Aikido with that other school. So Got most it. other Aikido schools, they'll say, "Oh, it kind of comes from this," you know. So their um, weapon system is is uh, a little more hybridized, it, it, right? Or they you they will.
2: kind of borrowed it from someplace else, right? So right. stylistically, it it might look a little different. A little bit, they different. might, yeah, 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 yeah. Got it. So the only, yeah. So the but. The Awama stuff is definitely, or not that, but it it can be traced all the way back.
1: Right, right. Oh, and yeah, what I was going to credit Michael Varen with, um, uh, not that part, but this part. Um, uh, You know, Michael said one day, he he had this little revelation. He said, hey, so um, when it's just one-on-one with a student, what what do you teach mostly? And I was like, oh, I teach a lot of stuff. He said, What well, what do you? What's your go to thing generally? If the student's been around for a while, I said, Oh, weapons uh, because it's easy because like I can just watch and kind of you know like it's just simple. To, to, and he's all, yes. And he's all, who was the do the sensei or the student most commonly in and Iwama Dojo when when o, and I was like, Saito Sensei. And he's all. Why do you think that's the lineage with the most weapons? And I was uh, like, so
0: you think Saito and, and Ueshiba just hung out a lot, just the two of them doing weapon weapons stuff? Yeah, that makes sense,
1: right? And it's easy to have them go outside and hit sticks yeah. for a long time. It's, you, you don't know, gotta yeah. roll around, yeah, I right. do. yeah that yeah, makes it's, sense. It's a lot better, right? And so, especially when you know it's one on one, you gotta take a lot of ukemi. and so uh, it can be like <laughs> right. it can get a, be a bit much, you know, right. like. And so you're like, let's
2: just hit sticks for well,
1: right, oh. right. <laughs> so and, I, and you I can do it wherever <laughs> he said that, and he's the only person I've ever heard say that. And I was like, I think that's right. That I really think mean, that's yeah. right. And so that's probably why Iwama has such a strong weapons lineage in it.
0: Huh, interesting. So, and I, I mean, I'll, we'll speak mostly, I guess, for Iwama lineage because that is the the most uh, popular sword stuff in Aikido. We could say. Um,
1: yeah yeah generally probably yeah
0: um so this is maybe a weird question but like when we do bokken stuff now
2: Mm -hmm.
0: do you think generally that the the thing that we're trying to get to is to imitate uh a sword fight or are we doing something that's Mm. something else you know what I mean? Like, what is in people's well, heads when yeah. they're teaching this? Yeah. Are they going, I cut you here, and then I defend here? Or is it more like we're doing this form to learn Iki, or something like that? Yeah,
1: so I, I can't say anything about Chiba's lineage, um, and Chiba and Saito did a lot of work together, and, and from what I've seen of Chiba's weapons, they're... Close to Saito's weapons, like uh-huh. there's a lot of a lot of sharing going on there, right? So I can't speak about Chiba's weapons. I can't speak about Shirada's weapons. And Shirada also spent a lot of time with uh, Saito Sensei, you know. So, so like when you say, you know, and this is kind of the, you know, why I said it's not politically correct to say this, but when you say like Iwama weapons, you got to understand that there's a branch of maybe like four or five guys coming out of there who are all teachers of their own, right, as well, uh-huh. and they also really can kind of claim legit lineage to that same group of stuff Uh um okay but let me just real quick i want to cut straight to iwama uh in iwama weapons saito sensei says a bokin is a bokin it's not right. a sword. Not, right. okay. A bokken is a That's weapon unto to itself. Yeah. yeah. And so if you look at Saito Sensei, he definitely says, I don't know what Nishio says. I don't know what Chiba said. You know, like, I'm not sure what those guys say about it. But Saito Sensei specifically says a bokken is a bokken.
0: It's not representing no, it's not anything a sword. else. Right. And
1: he, he would get mad at you because I've trained lots of people who, like, screwing around who train in Wama Dojo. And I would draw my sword, you know, I'd draw my bokken from my hand. And would be, oh, Saito Sensei would be so mad, you yeah. know. So like it it, it it was not cool. It's not a sword. It's a bokeh. It's a
2: can. It is Got its it. own thing. Got it's it. interesting, and and I think that's a a, a really legitimate point uh, because um, if you've ever messed with a bokan and then a, a actual katana, they are not oh they feel all, so different. the same yeah. thing, you know. So like a gymnasium sword, a practice sword, and a real saber, uh, close-ish. close-ish. yeah. Um, slight depending on when you're talking about, but yeah. Um, but, I feel like night and day. And I feel like a Bokan is really nice, uh, in a lot of ways, in the way that it moves. And it, I feel like it can be very, like, flowy and nice. I don't feel that way with a... And I haven't spent a lot of time with an actual, like, live blade katana, so maybe that's part of it. But I just feel like they're stupid. They're clumsy, they're heavy, they don't, like, they just... I, I personally Maybe it's feel you like,
0: who's clumsy and heavy. I mean that <laughs> probably is true.
2: And this is why I said I haven't spent a lot of time yeah. with them. But they're yeah. definitely they feel different. They're definitely not the like a can like it's not a 1 to 1. You yeah. know, like you were saying it's not like a direct. And the sort of same thing. I mean, I think that a uh is a little closer maybe. Um but still not yeah.
1: Shinai's yeah. are goofy too because, like, uh, because Shinai is used so much as, you know, in kendo, a Shinai is a Shinai also. Right. It's right. not a sword, right. it's a right. Shinai. And they weight them all kinds of ways. You know, yeah. there's, there's weights for training, there's weights for, um, like, where the weight's distributed, there's weights for uh, Shi'i for, for competition, there's all kinds of different things. And they do that because they want it to perform differently, right. you know?
0: Interesting. So, so, as we do Boken now, in the general Aikido world, yeah, <laughs> and like I said, general, um, how do you feel like, pe- like people are training S.W.O.R.D. today? Like, what is what are people getting out of their, their Boken training now?
1: I don't know if most people are really training S.W.O.R.D. And I, I'm being an asshole uh, when I'm saying this. Because, look, uh, so for me, it was probably about 2008. Um, I started to realize, I had realized for a few years by then, that like... Aikido stuff was somehow weapon locked together. You couldn't separate the two. And I was like, oh, I'm going to learn – maybe it's 2007. I'm going to learn how to use a Japanese sword, right? And so – because at that point, I had already done MMA and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, I knew that sparring was the quickest way to get good at something. So I wasn't going to spend a bunch of time doing iaido. That was my thought problem. Like, well, right. I don't want to do a bunch of iaido. So I was like, well, I'm going to do kendo, duh. Because like kendo's, <laughs> you know, duh. Because yeah. kendo
2: is the thousands thing. Thousands right. of right. people
1: right. practice right. it and they're badass at Hundred, it, it. Hundreds of thousands. You know, yeah. yeah, I mean, it, yeah that's going to
0: be the yeah. fountain of knowledge. Of course. Right. Right. Yeah. right?
1: So I started doing kendo and I hated it. And, and, and it's because I started realizing that like – um they're not teaching you about sword fighting they're teaching you about kendo and the kendo handbook says as much in the first freaking page kendo is not sword if fighting kendo it. is kendo if right read it properly right yeah but yeah but like a dipshit like everything i read it and i go whatever yeah of course it's sword fighting Duh. He,
0: he reads the handbook and then throws it over his yeah. shoulder well it's like
1: i read the aikido handbook it's, it's the art of peace right. i'm like yeah whatever i know i crush it. skulls <laughs> with this shit right like <laughs> so so you know it's like kendo is kendo and so like It took me a little over a year of doing kendo to realize that, like, I'm never going to learn sword fighting. They're doing a
2: different thing, and that's that thing is cool, right? It's not what you're you're wanting to get. Don't you
0: have like a kendo story about that? About something your kendo teacher said to you or
1: my kendo teacher said a lot of things <laughs> most of them were not very nice but but uh um uh i i was just i was a i was a very difficult kendo student because i knew what i wanted to learn right. and i i was trying to force that on kendo just right. like a lot of people trying to learn aikido or Are trying to force their stup, ideas right. on aikido right and, and once i realized that it's like no i can let kendo. i love kendo. i think kendo's awesome right but it's kendo it's, you know right okay so that led me to eventually, and it took a few years for me to kick into gear with this, I, 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 I wanted to go to HEMA. Now, I was upset about that because it wasn't Japanese and I wanted to learn Japanese because I'm learning Japanese martial art, but HEMA people really cared about sword fighting. Like, right. they're looking at the historical text to figure out sword fighting. And so, I learned a lot about sword from HEMA. And just like, you know, when I learned Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu taught me a lot about Aikido because I started seeing how they train Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and realizing that those training methods were in Aikido 2. We just glossed over them right. and they looked don't. at them wrong. Right. 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 And so, once I started studying HEMA, I saw the same things in Aikido sword work, I was like, oh, oh this is really that, is right. what these two are. These are the same thing, you know? And so, like, it enabled me to learn what sword was and learn how to practice sword. So, like, I, my mind now, I, I, I rely very heavily on Saito's original structure. But um, it's changed a lot because of HEMA because I learned to sword fight. And that was from competing in competitions and fighting with dudes and learning about swords and how swords work and how swords don't work and what they can do and what they can't do. And so all that amalgamation together taught me how to work with sword, where I think now I feel very comfortable with sword. Now, when you ask me, are Aikido people, how's Aikido people's sword work going? I would say it's not because I think most, well, it's just like like anything else. They're doing forms that are good, they're great. But you don't know what they're for. And so because you don't know what they're for, they're not helping you out. And because you're not live training it, then you're right. never going to get that.
2: It's interesting because I feel like it, it's a complete parallel with the way that we train the unarmed uh, stuff. Like it's a 100% a the same. Um, you can see it much more clearly in, in the weapon stuff because it's like the way that we train it now, you start with the simplest things, which is like creating an opening, creating a cut. Then – your parries and your defenses, right? And that that's the that's where you start, and then everything else builds from there. Um, but when you're training it in the way it's traditionally trained, it's like you have your sabuti and you have your form, and then somehow you have to figure out how those two things get you <laughs> all of that other stuff. Yes. Yeah. You know, so you have to somehow figure out like how you know your number one sabuti is. Like what it's teaching a, a, you. Yes. A cut, right? right? Like it's a cut. What kind of cut? What's going to happen when you throw that cut? Right. Right? Now, now, now what the, are the responses? Now, the forms that, yeah. show you that, but in a really kind of bass way. And if no one specifically says like, in this form, you are doing the first suburi to start, you know, right. then it gets very complicated. And I don't think that just taking the forms and suburi training and then saying, like, go ahead and spar with it, it's going to get you anything. No, it's it's, it's going to be a long process it's to not, do that, You, you know. guys tried that, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that is how, yeah. I mean, right. That's yeah. how, yeah. And we, that's how we did it with the saber, too. And it's just not a really good way to go about it.
1: Right. Like, I mean, it, you it, know, in lots way of ways, to go about it, but. I, I was reading this guy, and he was talking about uh, learning some occult shit back in the day. And he was talking, you know, he's, he's probably in his 60s now, and he was writing about it. And he was saying that, like, when he was learning that stuff, there weren't just books everywhere. It was hard to like find this right, information. Right. And then like you know, no one knew what it was, so he said everything he did, he worked really hard to get. And he said in some ways he, he laments that now because now he could just Google it in right, and he would so find easy. the answer yeah. to it. But he said at the same time he would own it after he spent that much time on it. And that's kind of how I felt about our sword progression in our school is like – I own it because like I, I've been through, I did a, I did a lot of Bokin sparring, a lot of steel sparring, a lot of, you know, a lot of this different stuff to get it. And, and I got it the hard way. N- now I can tell you an easier way to get it. And right, there are right, much right, easier right, ways. Right, and like, right. now know. I
2: can give it to you and yeah. you don't have yeah. to Yeah. If
1: I met it. me, I would still give me what I have me, you know, if I yeah. met me in the past, I'd be like, right. here kid, learn this and then right. go do some sparring. Like, yes. but, uh, but like, yeah, it's, 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 is hard earned.
0: What would you say is, since you guys did do some bokken sparring and I, I've heard... Don't d-
2: do it. I've
0: heard stories. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. Um, I mean, it, it sounds, I mean, especially with those heavy-ass bokken, it sounds like it could be kind of dangerous and especially if all you've done is forms. It sounds like a recipe for a broken hand or something. That's, yeah. But uh, what would you recommend to people who are, are looking to expand uh, Aikido sword work or not expand it, but to uh, really flesh out what they're learning
2: yeah. from that.
1: So start with Shanae for sure. Yeah. Um, and then start with uh, l- drills and not with sparring, right? So start with, you know, I'm going to see if I can hit you, see if you can get out of the way. I'm going to see if I can hit you, block it, you know, like stuff like that um, and then build into it. I, I, I really have been wanting to make a series now forever to walk people through how how I teach it now. Um, but yeah, just start slow and start with Shanae's, you know, and like yeah. there's this thing, you know, it's funny because we had posted something, I don't know, whatever it was like two months ago or something some some shinai sparring we were doing some getkin we were doing at the dojo and uh, someone said oh you guys should try bokken I was like mm-hmm. oh I tried that for a yeah. while and it leads to serious injury because it's a heavy ass piece of oak and I really feel like there's no real loss in skills right. with the shinai. the Shani is not that whippy you know yeah. so the the problem is like you know you could say oh use foam swords then well foam swords suck because you can't differentiate what's a block and what's not a block because yeah. they bend around each other but um, shinai are not so whippy that you can't determine that.
2: You know? Right. I also they have think enough that, solidity and weight. Right, like, that, you right. can do... You can get to shinai sparring. I think the thing or uh, Boken sparring, I think like me and Chris, though, like, we and anyone who was training with us at that time we're in a spot where like we're very clear about how this was going to progress and so we're very clear about like we're not going balls out right, we're not, right, like, right. Like, no i mean we would like not from, last through the first from session from the beginning you know so it's like it started like okay all we're looking at is can you get to the to the the, the head the, the head hand. was what we started with first and right. the hands was the last and thing then, we did you know can you get to the body? can you once we had all the gear and stuff you know because um, for a time, it was just like, well, we had helmets, so that was what was... Right. Um, right. And I think that's what... Definitely do not uh, do it without gear. Yes. Shit. It, yeah. <laughs> and, but I think that's what it takes is like being um, cable, like being able to really like level it out and go like, no, we're not going crazy. This is not crazy time. And you'll feel crazy and you'll want to ramp up, but you, ha- you can't because that's when it gets dangerous, right. you know. Mm-hmm. And only later... Um, you know, and I think truthfully with the bouquin, it would be really difficult to get to a place where you can do it balls out safely. Yeah. Um, without a ton, ton of uh, uh, gear, yeah. um, which is, that's the other thing. It's like a trade off. It's like, yeah, um, I could put on all the gear, all the padding and stuff, but I'm like, not moving
1: like a normal person right. anymore. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's always, you're always walking a line between. You know, how crazy do I want to be versus how beat up do I want right. to be versus, you know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All right. We're at 46 minutes uh, here, folks. Oh, man. Oh, we're going to say yeah, well, yeah, I had time. one like
2: Go last thing because everybody talks about like how, uh, you know, the unarmed stuff is the the weapon stuff. Discuss. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, is it like <laughs> it's it's true. OK, the end. <laughs> yeah I don't know why it's so funny because people say like it's it is the weapon stuff that it is and then they don't believe it is like but it's not it's look, this is not what's happening. You're not learning how to unarmed fight with a weapon. like you're not learning unarmed fighting techniques because you've trained with a weapon. You are training weapon techniques and with then, a weapon with a weapon <laughs> right And then if you didn't have a weapon, some of that will come across without a weapon. S- and I, And
2: it. I think that's very important. I think, and, you know, we saw it today. We were doing uh, a lot of different kind of training today. So we also did some, like, stand-up uh, grappling with a knife. Um, and every single uh, uh, technique, well, all of the Kiwaza techniques anyway, we saw them all. They were all there. They all popped up, nat- I kid like, you not. 100% naturally. You get, like, all of them. W- in the process of what we are doing, you know. So and um, in, in, in
0: the sword sparring, Josh Ikkyo'd me and Nikkyo'd me. Yeah, both. And so those even even in the sword they um, popped
2: up. So like that stuff, it exists. Uh, and it it exists because of the weapon. Yes. Right. Not the not other because way. Josh was trying to do it right. to me. I right. mean, and that's a hundred percent. Like, so I think that's really important. And I don't, and I think <clears throat> you cannot get that until you start really using the weapon in that kind of a situation. You know, like a lot of times they will we'll, in their the bow can set there is some weapon taking stuff. That doesn't do it the justice until you really put it into the context of how this comes out as your and once you do that then it it's so natural. Right. It's yeah. really so uh, that's the thing I today, you know, especially at the stand-up grappling with the night. It was every single technique we saw, and then you know a lot of the throws were there. They didn't come off because obviously we know because stuff doesn't come off all the time. We know what we're you know we're at a, a level we where we know how to
0: stop each other from doing those but, things. But <laughs>
2: um, all of the Kiwaza techniques, they were all there, you know, and and really nice examples. You know, there a sankyo that like came out perfectly all the way down. Almost to the pin, you know, right. the whole form. So it's there. You just have to play with it, you know? Yes. Yeah. So, all right, that's all I wanted to know. about. <laughs> Let's uh, thank our patrons.
0: All right. Um, thank you so much to our patrons. We really appreciate you guys making it possible for us to do this podcast. And as always, uh, if you're not a patron, you can go ahead and uh, donate to us. I mean, literally a dollar helps us out. Um and that's our, our, our. You can look us up on Patreon. I believe a link is also in the description for Aikido Discussed. Um, and if you haven't already, like, share, subscribe. Follow, if subscribe. you don't, if you
2: stumbled on this somehow and you like it, subscribe so you can get it next week.
0: Absolutely. Leave
2: us a uh, review.
0: Yeah, leave us a review and um, reach out to us um, if on Facebook at Aikido Disgust if you're interested in um, you know having a question on the show or. Yeah.
1: I'm also going to plug, uh, uh, so I'm doing a, a separate Patreon thing, um, and I'm putting up videos all the time. If you guys are interested in the material we're covering, uh, I'm going to cover a lot of that material on the Patreon page, and that's just Christopher M. Hine. And that's actually... And that's
0: linked yeah. to our YouTube, which we've talked about before, which is the uh, Chushantani Dojo, It's right. under Chushantani on YouTube.
2: I think that's good supplemental stuff. If you like this podcast and there's stuff that, like, Anything actually that we talk about that you have questions about, you should probably either look at the Patreon page or the YouTube page uh, because there's a chance that there's a video about it that we've done already.
1: There's There's so much out there, and
2: much more coming from uh, Chris's Patreon page. So, and and the way I'm
1: starting to feel about it with you know, like the people who listen to this podcast are the the kind of people I want to talk to right now, but it's like you know, I feel like I've put up most of the material now on YouTube, and so it's like if you want to know what's going on, you can see that, um, but if you want to get into it like well then I'm, I'm not going to keep trying to make weird videos to please the youtube gods so so like we can just talk about it on a separate yeah if you, you'd yeah. rather
0: make a, a youtube video specific to people that are wanting yes, to yes exactly and right. be
1: able to talk to them so i mean you can get a hold of me and we can talk about things and we can make posts back and forth and figure stuff out so yeah man yeah Okay. Um,
0: so thank you to our patrons Nick Bullman, Brad V Spider-Man in San Jose The Hatchet Man Brooke Ferragamo Ben Wrestler, Aldrich Tommy Siv Francis Cordon Scott Burns Dave Dewberry Sension Center Barrett Lippi, Sam Sulian Michael Heed Ocon Ayrton Marcin Chiss, Randy Stewart Thomas Polino Flor Hanowit Hillary Jones Constantinos Andrew Franz Martinson, Yuli Simgu, Brian Crowley, Lisa Klein, Sharon Okada, Christopher Asito, Matt Mumford, Jim Gallant, Matt Riley, Jim Sullivan, Grant Templin, and Lenny Acuna.
1: All right. All right, guys. That's uh, a lot. Yeah. That's awesome.
0: A tip of the week. There's so many things that you can do to expand your sword work if you're already doing it or dip your toe in if you are new to it. Um, if you, you know, you know, if you haven't done weapon stuff at all, any of the Aikido sword stuff, which is, you know... There's a portion of to people who haven't explored that. Um, you can definitely, um, I don't know, how much do bokens run generally?
1: 50 bucks. You can get a in 50 bucks.
0: Yeah. Um, and then if you're interested in sparring or something, you know, you could, you know, Shania. Shania's 20 bucks. Yeah. yeah. Shania's are really cheap. And so that might be a good way to try some out. really your...
2: good deals on some Kendo uh... Yeah, Ebogu. Yeah, we, uh, we use Ebogu um, <laughs> Kendo equipment right now. Is, yeah, yeah. And, uh, so... Maya just bought a
1: set of Bogu the the equipment, the whole thing, the Min, the Do, the Tare, the Kote, the everything you need. Um, for uh, it's like two fifty, yeah. like so. And it was a decent set, you yeah, know. Like good, it, yeah. you know, I mean, you know, you could be a snob and be like, well, this is, right. but for training, for all you, you yeah, need, yeah. all you yes. need.
0: So so there's a lot of you know, uh, you know, just starting with a shinai, yeah. you know. Uh, is good good to start out with. Um, and any if you're listening, yeah, we Bogu. would love to yeah. plug you every yeah. single time. I, I
1: wear also, your hakamas. I'm yeah. I, I
2: gonna <laughs> say I, no. I mean, truthfully though, like uh, we have a lot of stuff from them. So
0: yeah. yeah. Um, also, if it's you're not quite sure if you're ready, like if you feel like you wouldn't know what to do if you started sparring, what you can start to do, which is always my recommendation, is get a notebook go through and write down the steps of each form and go what's going on here like yeah. can i see some con- like constant themes you know is there a certain block that we do all the time that isn't in the because it's probably not in because the- there's only what seven of them like so like you know expand your knowledge that way or pick out those pieces so that you have something to go back to your your training partners and say, hey, let's practice this block or this attack or this little situation and pull it out of the form. Right. And that'll start stepping you in the direction of drills, which can right. e- eventually get you to live training if you're interested in that.
2: The main thing I would say is when you're doing uh and, you know, you can do it with a bow can, it's kind of difficult, a little more difficult, but definitely with a shinai, But... Uh, you could do it with a partner is what I'm saying. But um, actually hit something. Yeah, like yes. hit, makes a big difference. hit the, uh, get, like find something. And this is what I'm <laughs> saying with the bokeh. It's kind of hard, like you, you have to find something that you're able to hit. A you know? tree
0: stump or a fire or right. something. But
2: find something and do it and hit. And that's the only way you're going to be doing it. You're really going to get good at the actual motions. And then once you've done that, then you have to, when you're starting to bridge that into... Uh, sparring you have to do those drills also on a person yes. right because it's different like all day long i can do saburi and hit a tire uh you know can i make that same movement in and hit someone on the top of the head and do it you know quickly so you have to do it you have to do it both you know yeah. so hit stuff yeah
0: so there's a lots of ways that you can start
1: yeah, waiting into that way. work. Yes. Maybe I'll start working on that for the Patreon page yeah, because I really be would like to go through that. Whole series. It Would be fun. Yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah. So if you're interested in Chris's stuff, you can head works, over to his yeah. uh, Patreon page. Christopher we'll have, Yeah. All right, this is a good one. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> I, yes.
0: Now, now you ready. Up. More, more. Uh, yeah. Sparring. Now I'm like,
2: let's go. Excited about swords. <laughs> We've Got like ten more hours today. Let's get it in. <laughs> All, right, All right, guys. guys. We'll talk to you
1: next week.